Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark five never failed you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 73 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Great, Scott. This is Chris. Always count on you. Such a good job. How are you, Chris? I'm well. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm great. I uh, I saw someone famous last night. You saw someone famous? Well, are you talking about me? No, I saw you I today. I didn't see you last a night. a fairly successful podcast. No, I'm sorry. I didn't see you last night. I mean, technically, I co-host it, but like... I kind of fudged that on my resume. <laughs> Is that why when someone calls for references, they asked while he was the, uh, the the host? And I said, wait a minute. Yeah. Is that what cost you the job? Uh, maybe. That... I didn't. I just figured you'd cover for me. No, sorry. I apologize. That's all right. But uh, no, because I didn't see you last night. So you're not the famous person I saw last night. I saw a one Gaten Matarazzo last night. Oh, of... Um... Just totally blanked on the name of that show. <laughs> Stranger Things. Stranger Things fame. Yeah, he um, he's a local from around uh, our South Jersey area, and he posted on Instagram that he was going to be doing a play at a local high school. And uh, my sister texted me, said the tickets were twelve bucks. I said, absolutely, let's do it. So um, so we went, and it was uh, Cinderella, and he was not one of the main stars. I mean, he he had a, he had a significant part but he was not on stage as much as you might have thought he would have been so he's like a made-up character in this in the show i thought he was a made-up character apparently he's a character from the play version so they made him up they made him up for the play yes i would say he is made up for the play and um but it was really cool to see him like live on stage and uh after the show was over all the actors ran off stage and he ran by Allie, and Allie like literally screamed at the top of her lungs, "I love you!" But like, in like an attacky way. I'm glad like no bodyguards came out, which I don't know if he had any bodyguards. But afterwards, he was out signing autographs, taking pictures with fans, and um, my sister got a picture with him. I was not able to get a picture of him, but I was basically at one point I was three feet away from him, which was really really cool. They had a rope. Um, blocking everybody off but i kind of felt bad because this was like a high school performance and like some of these kids are seniors and like this is their last play and most of them got like upstage by gaten matarazzo but he was very he was very humble about it like he when he took his bow he really just did a quick bow and then stepped back to let the main cast come out and and take their bow and i would even argue that they had a bigger applause than than he did that sounds nice i mean so he doesn't go to that school he does not no he just like I wonder if we could get him to like, do like a play around here. Well, I, I said to Ali, I said, should I just go up to him and be like, have you ever heard of the Who Would Win cast? <laughs> <laughs> wow. If we could get Gatton as a guest on the Who Would That'd Win cast. That'd be so cast. cool. That'd be amazing. Oh, man. So Maybe. is there anything like you seeing him in person that like surprised you? Is he like six feet tall or is no, he like – No, he's, uh, he's really tiny, which uh, makes sense because he's like 14 <laughs> years old, 15 years old. Um, I thought so too. I was just wondering. The, the teeth there, the, the, like he's got the fuzzy hair just like he does in Stranger Things. He, he basically looks exactly the same. Uh, and he just seems like 
a really cool kid. He was really nice. He was taking time to talk with fans, signing autographs, taking pictures. One thing I thought was really nice is he took priority of seeing the cast family and taking pictures with the cast family rather than taking pictures with like the fans. So the people he worked with in the show, he would say, Oh, I'll go, you know, take pictures with your family first and meet your family. That sounds um, really nice. Which is, yeah. And like I said, it was really cool. And I was kind of curious what would happen when he first came out on stage during the play. I was curious if people were going to like hoot and holler, if there'd be like a huge applause, but it, it nothing happened. And I was kind of glad that nothing happened because I thought it would have taken a little bit away from the, the play itself since it is like a high school performance. But, um, he, everyone just kind of got like, you just heard like a little chatter, like, oh my God. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was really cool to see him in person. So that was, that was, that was the little exciting thing going on with me. I don't know if anything else exciting happened with you. If you saw anybody famous of late. Uh, no, I, I did finish a Netflix show called Dark. I've that heard of Dark. It's a German TV show that they dubbed in English. Okay. And it's on Netflix. Good. It was a, it's a like sci-fi mystery thriller. Okay. Like it starts off as like a murder mystery. Like mm -hmm. there's a missing kid and then they find some dead bodies, but then it's like, also there's time travel and crazy stuff happens. So it got like pretty crazy. Um, and I was really into it and then I was bummed because it was definitely made to have a second season. Like the first season did not wrap up things. Okay. And it left you with a lot of questions, which is I'm it, usually not a fan of. Is but. it a Netflix original? Or did Netflix just get the broadcasting rights for I, it in America? I'm not sure. It says it says Netflix original on it, but okay. like you know how Netflix just puts that on things. Sometimes they, they, they yeah, buy for yeah. broadcasting reasons, right? So I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I, I know you don't like closure on TV shows, or you I, you like closure. I, like, I should say yeah, you don't like when they don't have closure. Yeah, I'm okay if they left like something open ended for another season, like a possible almost, op like almost exactly season. like what Stranger Things does. Like they wrap up their plot, but they might leave something open. Right. Like they didn't have to do a season two. Definitely not. No, it, it wrapped up nicely. I mean, that night, the thing with Will at the end, where the slug left comes some up, door open. Exactly, yeah. it does and leave I'm, a door open. I'm fine with that. But right. this was like complete. But if you leave every door open, the windows are up. It's yeah, too it was much. like the doors were open. They opened new windows in the season finale. <laughs> so, so there's yeah. definitely going to be a second. Yeah, they, season. It's, it's already confirmed. Actually, I don't, the date isn't, but they're already making it. Okay, so I'll probably watch it because I'm kind of in it into it now. But hey, maybe we can get one of them to come on the show. Uh, well, they're German. What, are we not allowed to have Germans on the show? Well, do you speak German? Uh, no. Do they speak English? I'm not sure. I don't know. They're all German actors. My grandmother speaks German. Maybe we can have her at So we'd have to have a show with your grandmother and one of the actors from Dark. My grandmother would be like, then... wait, what's a podcast? <laughs> what is this? Oh, I don't, even, could, think, I don't even think she knows. That I could know. get messy real fast, yeah. I think. Um, so, Chris, I have some uh, poll results I'd like I to share. I cannot wait for these poll results. Yeah. So, um... We wrapped up our Pokemon Olympics a couple weeks ago, and uh, as we wrapped it up, the polls were still going on, and I finally have the final end results of those polls. Um, so we had, for one of our episodes, we did uh, Polyrath, Jinx, and Ursaring in biathlon for the Winter Olympics. And the winner was Polyrath coming in with 34% of the vote. Then we have Jinx coming in with 33% of the vote and Ursaring coming with 33% of the Wait, vote. Wait, whoa, also. whoa, whoa. That sounds like a rounding error. Was uh, that a tied vote? 33, 33, 34. I guess it just rounded up. Did it just randomly round one up? It though? might have. That's what Twitter came up with. <gasps> yeah. All right. All and right. that was, that was Dan's 
Uh, only gold medal <laughs> okay. in our in our Winter Olympics. So congratulations to Dan. Then we had curling, which Shuckle, which was yours, came in first with fifty two percent. I was very surprised, but thanks for the Shuckle vote. Yeah, War Turtle came in with thirty three percent. And uh, Glally came in at 15%. You know the thing? It's just because Shuckle's really lovable and cute. Like, and people he, just like, he's just funny. And he blends in really well. Like, when I made that one photo, <laughs> like, he looks like a curling stone. Yeah. And then uh, lastly for our Pokemon Olympics, uh, Chris, you came in first again. Ball toy. And that was for... Oh, um, figure skating. Figure skating, yep. Ball toy won with 40% of the vote. Uh, Sneasel, that was me, came in with 33% of the vote. And uh, Curlia came... In third, the bronze with 27% of the vote. So I posted a picture on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I'm not sure if anybody saw. And I did like a breakdown of who had the most. So you would have won. You won the Pokemon Olympics. Four gold medals, right? You had three gold medals. Three golds. Okay. Two silver, one bronze. You're the only one that had all three medals. I had two gold, four silver, but no bronze. And Dan came in with one gold, no silver, and five bronze. Tough showing for Dan. So it was not Dan's year. You usually guests do well on our show. They usually, especially when it's against me. Yeah. <laughs> I am glad I feel vindicated because the last year or two years ago when we did the Summer Olympics, I think I lost every event. I think you might have also. So I'm glad to see I turned it around. It might not have uh, been your time last year. That's or fine. Two years I mean, ago. It's two, uh, 2018 starting off good for me. Exactly. Uh, so, so that was our Pokemon Winter Olympics all wrapped up. I hope everybody really enjoyed it. I loved doing that. I thought it was fun. Tokyo 2020. Let's get ready for it. Sure. If we're still doing this podcast, <laughs> then I'm in. All right, sweet. So then we have the controversial episode that we've been waiting to talk about, which was uh, our previous episode, which was not really a who would win scenario, more of a who would win between you and I mm -hmm. with an argument that we find fundamentally important, it's important to society. To us, yeah. uh, dipping versus drizzling ketchup. And the final vote, do you know what it is? No, but I remember checking and I was surprised how close it was at one point. So... The final vote is 56% for dipping. Okay. And 44% for drizzling. That's about what I saw when I checked in. At one point, drizzling was winning. I That is unbelievable. Which I was shocked. I honestly was shocked. Just from like my day-to-day, -day, I just hardly ever see people drizzle ketchup. Yeah. Um, we've actually had some fans reach out. Uh, Paul Dewey, who uh, left us a great review, and we uh, did his background finding out that he was not a uh, a cow or a, a I, producer. I don't, I don't think I said he was a cow. I think you suggested I, I think I did say I said cow, he yeah. was an industry insider, like producer type. Which he reached back out to us, and he said that he was. <laughs> he said that he's worked in a uh, a burger franchise in which people would go in and out. Yes, he's an, a burger industry insider. <laughs> yes. And outsider. And outsider. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he reached out and he said that he was a drizzler. So it's nice to know wow. uh, solidarity. There are people out there. And uh, let's see. Do you uh, think there's a chance that there's a really high correlation among drizzlers and people who listen to our podcast for some reason? I don't think so because then I got a, uh, a reach out from another fan. Uh, this is fan of the show, Austin, who has appeared on this show before. And out of nowhere, just one night, I get a text message. And the text message, it doesn't say hello. doesn't say, hey, how are you? What's new? Hope you're well. It says, you're a drizzler this whole time? Ugh, I don't even know if I can remain friends with you. <laughs> then he says, I'm currently listening to the ravings of a madman who believes buttered popcorn is equivalent to the perversions that is drizzling ketchup. Thank you, Austin. I don't believe – I can't believe anyone would think that is a fair comparison. So it seems like uh... – our fans are split, 
but not too split considering the vote was above 50 uh, percent 46 it was, 44 it was close and i think yeah. we had a good, pretty good turnout in that poll right uh 25 yeah I mean, which is bad. which is i mean that's the most we've had since uh one of the pokemon olympics so it's been a couple of weeks since we've got up there so uh thank you to everybody who uh voted in that poll and and showed up to uh let us know whether i was crazy or if i was insane it sounds like the result is you're not crazy but you have lost a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to continue doing it. Damn it. There was, you know what? So this morning for breakfast, I was thinking of it again because I don't think I brought up this argument. You think milk, putting milk on cereal is drizzling? No, uh, no, 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 no. Pancakes. Yeah, but uh, you eat them with a fork and knife though. I guess that's true. That's one of my, no, we already had this discussion. We don't need to get into it again. We did get uh, a tweet from someone who said that they do drizzle and ketchup, but they use a fork to eat their french fries. Uh, that, I think that makes total sense. You think that makes more sense than yeah. using your fingers? Yeah, because the only reason I don't is to not get ketchup on my fingers. Steve, don't do this. <laughs> All right. Fair <laughs> enough. All right, Chris. You ready to get started? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So please remember, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you'd just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us a ratings on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Chris, what are we talking about today? Today we have a special Daylight Saving Time episode. And I noticed that you said Daylight Saving Do you know time. why? Was it because you were playing HQ the other day? Yes. Were you? <laughs> My sister was. Did she tell you? She asked me and I said, I'm pretty sure it's saving time. What did you put? I got it wrong. I put savings. Did you? Yeah. So I remember she said it's you're saving daylight. You're not having a savings account of daylight. The lady who was hosting it. Because you technically are saving daylight. I, I, I feel like you could argue that either way, but day, saying daylight saving time sounds so weird. I feel like everyone but says you are saving daylight, which is what it is. Yeah, you're you're saving daylight, and then what do you have when you do that? You have daylight savings. <laughs> All right, I can I can see what you're saying. No, this that's not the topic of this episode. That's only the inspiration. The inspiration for because, this episode. Uh, Correct. As of the airing of this episode, it will have been yesterday. Correct. Was the clock change? Correct. Gaining an hour of sunlight. Unless you live in an area that doesn't observe daylight saving time. Which in the United States, Arizona does not. And isn't there a recent state that just decided they're... there? There's probably some other ones. Yeah. I just know for a fact Arizona. and But there are some tribes in Arizona that do observe daylight savings time. Tribes? Like Native American tribe. Why uh, did they decide to do that? I don't know. That's interesting. Just I would screw Arizona would over, I guess. I remember uh, eight years ago, my family took a trip down to Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Grand Canyon, all that stuff. And it was confusing because we were on Lake Powell. And Lake Powell is partly in Arizona and I believe partly in Utah, Nevada. Whatever it is. It's in two I'm not states, very good at geography. Whatever. But it was hard because we had a, we, we rented a boat, but we rented from uh, from Arizona. And we had to remember to be back based on Arizona time, which was not daylight savings time. So that was kind of tough when we were on the water because your phones automatically change right. when you go into that area. So we had to like keep remembering what time it actually was in Arizona, not where we were at the time. That sounds really confusing. Yeah, it was very confusing. But I can't – I mean I'm sure there's even small towns that don't observe daylight saving time. Probably. Because I think it's just open to interpretation. But if you want to do it or not. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I don't think you get to decide like on your own. Like I don't think I'm like I could just decide not to. Not there's an episode of Seinfeld where uh, where Kramer is tired of it, so he just goes up a, uh, an hour earlier one day, <laughs> and people are asking what time it is, and they're like, "Oh my god, I'm late." 
But uh, yeah, so so anyway, anyway, daylight saving time. If you observe that, it's much like time travel. We would say, yeah, it's like time travel. You're jumping ahead. You're somehow where that hour go? Exactly. You lost it. Disappeared. Or you're going back in time if it's happening in the fall. Uh, Two p.m. again? Right. What? Did you time travel? Well, when I was an RA in college, I had an incident happen during daylight saving time. So, and you have to always write a report. For when something happens, it has to be detailed. I mean, to like the time, the minute, who was there, all that kind of stuff. So the incident happened at, well, I guess it was like 11 or 1.50. And then the cops didn't show up until, which would have been like 2.05. But in my report, I had to write like 1.05. <laughs> so it was really confusing <laughs> because the incident happened at 1.50, but the cops showed up at 1.05. So my boss was reading this and he's like, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, well, technically, because of daylight saving time, it does make sense. <laughs> but That is a very confusing Side effect of daylight saving. Yes. So so we're talking about uh, two individuals who have had experience with quote-unquote time travel, which you could relate to daylight saving time. Sure, yeah. And we're going to have them uh, battle each other a little bit We're going to see who would win. Yeah, exactly. All right, Chris, who are you picking for this? I am choosing Marty McFly. The famous Marty McFly. Everybody loves him. You got to love Marty McFly. He's a likable guy. Michael J. Fox. I mean, who can't? how can you not like Michael J. Fox? He's the best. Uh, Martin, Martin Seamus McFly is his, uh, his full name, but he goes by Marty. Seamus or Jameis? S-E-A-M-U-S. So Seamus. Yeah, that's what I said. I thought you said Jameis. I'm sorry. That's why oh. I asked. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I couldn't hear. I thought you might be saying I pronounced it wrong. No, 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 no. Sorry. And I believe, uh, he's named after some family member he meets while time traveling. So he got to meet his name, his middle namesake. Oh, that's cool. So Marty McFly, if you haven't heard of him, he's from the Back to the Future trilogy. Uh, one of the one of the all time greats, I would say, as far as trilogies go, just a great one. Now I know some people feel a little uh, iffy about the third one. I think it is um, with the woman there in the wild, wild west. That's a good one, though. I don't know. I, like I, I have no beef against the Back to the Future movies. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a solid trilogy. So uh, they were they were they were the eighties, right? They were in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Eighty five was the first one, I think. But yeah, that's not important. Anyway, Marty Flash is like just a high school kid. Uh, I have a feeling when Michael J. Fox was playing, he was a little older than a high school kid, but it's like Spider-Man, you know, Tobey Maguire was like 58. Yeah. A lot of, especially in the eighties, high school actor, high school movie characters were not in high school, but, uh, not, not important. Yeah. Uh, he's friends with, um, an older, mm, enigmatic or I don't know, eccentric scientist, Dr. Emmett Brown. I think that's fair. Great guy. He's a nice guy. Have we talked about this on the show before? How it's weird that they're friends? No. Thought, it's weird that they're friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I was curious about this because I'm like, why are they even like, why is this kid hanging out with this mad scientist? Maybe it's like a mentor kind of thing, like a Luke Obi Wan kind of thing. Um, so for what it's worth, there is other Back to the Future literature, including comics, that and explains there the is background. An explanation of it. You want to know what it is? Go for it. So, um, do you remember the character Needles, who's in some of the Back to the Future movies? Yeah, he normally is like trying to goad Marty into doing something, like race him in his car. Okay, or yeah, like yeah, that. okay. So that's actually the guy who makes Marty crash his car and hurt his hand in okay. the one version in Back to the Future 2. Okay. So um, he was he's known Needles, you know, a lot of his life. So he's sitting around playing guitar one day, and Needles comes by and needs to borrow some type of music equipment, like some guitar thing. Like it wasn't an amp. It was something I'd actually never heard of. I, I forget what it was called. And uh, Marty's like, sure, I'll loan it to you for five bucks. And Needles is like, oh, I'll pay you when i bring it back and he's like no pay me now so in fighting over it they break it 
And Needles is like, oh, now you broke it. You better get me one by tonight because he apparently Needles had like some show with his band. Okay. And he was like, or else I'll do something. I forget what he threatened. So Marty's like, oh boy, what do I do? So he goes to the local like music store. And the guy's like, I just sold out of all of those. Some crazy old doctor bought them. <laughs> so that's why he has to go to and find Dr. Yeah. Doc Brown. Doc Brown's house. Okay. And ask him to borrow one. Got it. So that's how they meet up. And I guess that. That's how the friendship blossoms from they there. They hit it off after that. I like it. So uh, I think back to the, the original Back to the Future opens with Marty going over Doc's house and playing guitar on like a giant amplifier that just like shoots him across the room. That's cool. So yeah, their their friendship works That's out fun. for both of them. Nice. So they get on, you know, crazy hijinks and adventures, just and like time you traveling, do. Yeah. and you know, accidentally almost erasing themselves from history and stuff, and it's all good. And they go forward and backward. They predict the presidency of Donald Trump. Did they? Did they? Are you thinking of The Simpsons? <laughs> Maybe. I think no, I the I think there was some Trump reference in Back to the Future too. But that's pretty much my Marty McFly background. If you want to talk about your guy, I'll I'll, uh, I'll check that fact. Yeah, sure. All right, so I'm going with Colonel George Taylor uh, from the Planet of the Apes franchise. Now, some people might be thinking, is that technically considered time travel? Um, so what I will argue here is uh, Colonel George A. Taylor, who is portrayed by Charlton Heston in the original, uh, was that 1968 Planet of the Apes film, and also its sequel, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. And um, he is an astronaut who uh, leaves Earth in the year 1972, and uh, he and his crew pretty much go through the time change that's different between Earth and when you're off a planet. And within, like, six months of them being on their journey, they realize that, like, on Earth, they've been gone for, like, hundreds of years or something along those lines. And uh, what eventually ends up happening is uh, his ship, they, uh, they wake up from hypersleep, and their ship crash lands on uh, a planet that they believe is like an extraterrestrial planet, like a planet that is not Earth. That's just some other planet out there that no one has ever been to before. And um, he quickly uh, – while, while he's on this planet, the year is uh, 3978, and he basically sees that the planet is inhabited by apes, super intellectual apes. They walk on their hind legs. They're, they dress. They can speak to each other. They have like a government. They have like different social class systems. And uh, he pretty much has to like survive. He's captured. He escapes. And then, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, he finds out that he's on Earth because he finds uh, the leftovers and the remains of the Statue of Liberty, um, in which he says the famous, like, damn you, damn you all to hell, um, because he pretty much realizes that humans screwed up the Earth so badly that they're extinct. Even though there are some humans still left, except they're, like, hunted for sport in the movie, like, by the apes, and they cannot communicate. Humans have no ability to communicate. They've just lost that ability verbally to communicate, and that's why when the apes find uh, Charlton Heston, it's such a big deal because he can speak, and they're like, oh, my God, this guy can talk, uh, which is kind of uh, a big deal to them. Um, and then he's in the sequel. In the sequel, he's pretty much like a glorified cameo. He's there for, like, 20 minutes, and he... Um, Detonates a nuclear bomb that blows up here. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. <laughs> but um, so I would argue that, yes, he does experience some time travel. Um, more like quick time travel where he experiences hundreds and hundreds of actually thousands of years uh, in a matter of 
you know, a couple months. So it's not really going back in time, even though the end of the second movie does involve not him going back in time, but some of the other monkeys going back in time, which then goes to the third one, which is called Escape from the Planet of the Apes. But that has nothing to do with Charlton Heston. I think it's fair to call that time travel. I mean, he he traveled, you know, he he took off in 1974. Yeah, 72, right? And then within a matter of months, he ended up in the year 30, what was it, 3978. So oh, that's time travel. Right, yeah, exactly. So perfect. So we're in agreement there. A um, little bit of background about his, like, character, uh, his character um, abilities. Uh, he was an ace fighter pilot in World War II and in the Korean War also. He went to West Point, graduated in 1941, so right when the United States got involved in World War I. So he does have some great experience as a not only just a fighter pilot, um, but also as a fighter as well since he did attend West Point. Um, and in the film, he does uh, take some guns from the apes that he does use in various shootouts against the apes. What type of guns are we talking about here? Like, what's the technology level of their guns? I think they might be, like, bolt-action rifles. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it's anything too advanced, especially since the movie came out in 68. So it's not like they're, like, automatic rifles or anything they crazy like uh, that. They too far into the future for that. Right, know? exactly. But it sounds like they didn't even try. But they had a nuke. So, which does they... make sense because, you know, 45 was when the nuclear bombs happened. So 20 years later... That was during the Cold War. This whole nuclear holocaust fear happening in the future kind of makes sense. So that's a little bit about uh, about Taylor right there. So, I mean, he has a great physical physique. He's trained in combat. He has a great physical physique? He does. Oh, I mean, in the entire movie, he has his shirt off, so... Okay. Yeah, he, he's just, very he's very well fit for combat. I just That sounds good. Thank you for telling us about his physical physique. No problem. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, he has he has experience as a fighter, so I think he'll be able to take down this thirty-year-old, fourteen or eighteen-year-old, whatever you want to, whatever you uh, want to go with. I here. mean, that's a good point. Marty does not have the military background, correct? But he does have access to better futuristic technology than you do. Yeah, so this is interesting. So he's going to have the DeLorean, which I think is fair. I, I have that in my list. He has a working time machine, but working really should be in quotes because normally the DeLorean breaks as part of the plot. So. <laughs> Not just in the plot, in real life also. <laughs> um, is he going to have Doc helping him out? Um, I would say he doesn't need him. I mean, we generally try to keep it 1v1 right. unless like there's some special circumstance. So I don't think I need Doc. Okay, that's fair. It'd be nice to have him, but I don't. I can live without him. That's fine. He is generally the brains behind the plans, but Marty is pretty quick thinking, and I think he can get by. Okay. Um, let me uh, clarify my, my quick Donald Trump thing. Sure. So uh, I knew I heard something about this. So apparently, so the Back to the Future 2 screenwriter, Bob Gale, said he based the future version of Biff Tannen on Donald Trump. And, who, and Biff Tannen was... he. So remember in Back to the Future 2, the old Biff, like an old man version of Biff, mm -hmm. steals the DeLorean, goes back in time, or somehow somehow gets in... Gets a uh, gambling almanac, which, okay. which diff with different results of like horse races and sporting games over mm -hmm. time, and gives it to his younger self. Okay, I think what it is is there's one at an ant. Marty goes to the future, meets the old man version of it, uh, or some ancestor of Biff who's old. He Marty wants to buy the almanac to use for himself. Doc talks him out of it, but the old man overhears it, takes the time machine, goes back in time, gives it to himself, and his his old his past self version uses it to like become rich okay so the character in the future okay who's like basically running everything 
he was uh he got his fortune through casinos okay and then uses that to gain political power got and it. turn the country into a lawless dystopian wasteland those are the words of this article not mine <laughs> and so so that was apparently based on donald trump interesting wow so and i remember they were really close to predicting the cubs winning the world series yeah, there they was were, a reference to the cubs wasn't there? they were one year off in uh, back to the future 2 they predicted it to be the year 2015 because i think that was the year that they go to the future in i think it was 2015 oh okay and the cubs won in 2016 that's crazy so or maybe it was rever- no it was revert was it reversed the Cubs won in twenty fifth. No, it was that. All right, we'll that's just what, say that's what it was. We can just say they were close. Yeah, it was. It was close. Whatever. Whatever it was. I gotta say, like, for living in the time period of the future of Back to the Future, we are missing out on a lot of cool technology. Nike shoes that lace themselves. <laughs> the flying cars, hoverboards. hoverboards. Even though we kind of have hoverboards, no, it doesn't hover. But it doesn't just, hover. They just call it that. The fact that they call them hoverboards really angers me. Agreed. They do not hover. They don't. We uh, have not had eighteen Jaws movies. We <laughs> no, don't, yeah. We've only stopped at four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. There's. I there was a Jaws episode of the Who Would Win podcast, so maybe they counted that. Maybe they might have. Yeah. Still, um, that that year, I guess it was 2015. Uh, Universal came out with the trailer for Jaws 18, uh, which is actually really funny because what they do is they actually go and show the titles of Jaws's five through seventeen. <laughs> And some of them were like Jaws Robocop, Jaws Communist Killer, or something like that. <laughs> I'll put the link in the show notes. It's actually pretty, pretty funny. So, all right. So, something I want to pull out here is that does Marty McFly understand how the DeLorean works? Besides driving. Uh, well, like, he in, knows in, how you punch in the, di- the date. Okay. He knows how to drive to 88 miles per hour. Okay. And he knows the flux capacitor is important. Okay, but I, if something were to happen, like if someone tampered with it, or if somebody shot at it with a rifle, and like, or it just broke down, would he be able to repair it? Because I, I think I do not think so. Okay, now what what would you use the DeLorean as in terms of a um, a beneficial asset? I would use it to go to the future and get powerful future weapons okay. to fight you with. Okay, like I don't know invisibility cloaks and (laughs) that's a futuristic weapon laser homing missiles and uh, armor and stuff like that okay that was my plan so you're just fighting me now that so a lot of that relies on the delorean working 100 percent. which i mean what do you think the delorean's working percentage is uh based on the movies i don't know uh once once or twice per film (laughs) all right (laughs) I mean, I don't know if a DeLorean has that much of a reliability percentage, so I don't know if that's going to be... Because not only do you have to get it there into the future, you also have to get it back to the past. Mm-hmm. And you also have to make sure you're coming back to the, the right date. Do you think he'd remember? Because, I mean, we also have to figure out, like, when are we... Like, are we fighting in Planet of the Apes? Because that's when, like 3978. When is a great question in this battle. Yes, it is. And it's very uh, relative to what we're talking about here. Because... In the Planet of the Apes future, which is the future, mm-hmm. there's no futuristic weapons. There's just a You're nuke. right. I could not take it to the year, what was it, 30, 3978. 3978. So I guess you'd have to go to the time prior to when the apes yeah. took over Yep. and figure out which futuristic weapons they had. Yes. If any, But you would think, though, if there were any, then the apes would have them. So that's why I asked you about the apes' weapons. Why are they using you know bolt-action rifles? We already have more advanced weaponry now. 
I guess just because it was made in 1968. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something must have happened. All the future weapons broke. Possible. I mean, that usually happens in like sci-fi light at the time. Like there'll be some kind of like a blackout where, yeah, where right. all the, like the digital weaponry isn't able to work anymore. Electromagnetic pulse or something. Right. Exactly. But anyway, even if I can't find an awesome future weapon, mm-hmm. can you at least say I have the hoverboard that was used in the Back to the Future? Films? I think that's fair. I think you could have the hoverboard because when you put Marty on a skateboard slash hoverboard, he's amazing. He's amazing. So the good. theme song starts playing. And you know something <laughs> cool is going to happen. Now, how does that power? Is it based on solar? Does it have to the recharge? Future, the future hoverboard? The future hoverboard. Uh, Not the present day. I don't believe ones. it's ever said. Okay. Um, just because, like, when I'm thinking of if you have, like, a DeLorean, you might have to refill it on gas. Y- you well, have... Doc converted it in the future to run off of garbage. Okay. But um, you're right. The skateboard, maybe it's best for some future battery that there you can't find. I don't right. Know. Because if anything were to happen or if it were to break, like, my main method of transportation would be a horse because that's pretty much that the the only thing that the apes use mm-hmm. which it's not going to break down it might die but i could just get another one or it might i just might need to like let it rest <laughs> it might it might die no that's good i just don't want Peter to get mad at us for this episode that's right you'd take great care of the horse right i, I would take phenomenal care All of right. the horse i wouldn't be the one killing it you'd be the one killing it so they should i'm not going to kill you. a horse and that's even better so now i'm on a horse and you're not going to do anything to try to hurt the horse so now i'm very mobile with being on this horse and you know i could uh, ride up to the side of the delorean if you're in the delorean or i could try to catch up with you if you're on the hoverboard and you just admitted you're not going to kill my horse so you're going to have to be very accurate a, trying think to a kill a horse me. can catch up to a car uh it depends how much horsepower the car has <laughs> that was such a bad joke you should have said more like if it was like driving through a jungle like what's the terrain like in in uh planet of the apes uh it's like a desert uh cars probably don't do great on the desert well delorean doesn't do great anywhere so you're very anti-delorean steve have well, you had some personal issue with a delorean i've never had a personal issue with the delorean but i have had a recent uh visual interaction with the delorean that just kind of solidified the fact that how horrible they were there's an episode of comedians in cars getting coffee where jerry seinfeld is with Patton oswalt and he picks a DeLorean for him because, you know, Patton Oswalt's kind of like that nerdy guy, you know. And they're in the DeLorean, and they're driving for five minutes, and it breaks down. Like, literally. And he and Jerry, like, looks at the camera, and he says, this was not planned at all. So they had to get an Uber. <laughs> so then it turns into comedians and Ubers getting coffee. And they take the Uber to a coffee shop. And then they um, – and the Uber had to get – or the, the DeLorean had to get towed away. So after seeing that, I was like, wow, these really – are not that great. I mean, that was just one instance of it. I know, but like the odds of that happening when you were actually recording a television show about driving around in cars and you specifically picked the DeLorean for Patton Oswalt, I feel like that's God saying this car is awful. Okay, sure. So that's my vendetta against DeLoreans. That's I've never fine. been in a DeLorean. I've seen them like at like a Comic-Con. I saw a DeLorean before, but that's basically it. Okay, so you're very anti-DeLorean yeah. and uh, it's probably going to break down. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, okay. that's cool. I, I have the hoverboard. That's so all you, I need. So you do have the hoverboard. I have his life jacket, too. You do have the life jacket. Just which in, in case, case you to, go... There, yeah. there there, are lakes in the Planet of the Apes deserts, which sounds kind of... Uh... So so Marty does have some co- good examples of, like, physical feats that I just wanted to, to bring up to the viewers to... Because, right you know, he doesn't have the combat training and weapons training. Right, which is very important. But I he, has, he has the ability to, like, you know, think quickly. Like, uh, from Back to the Future 1... Do you remember – oh, wait. I'm sorry. Yes. Back to the Future 1, there's a skateboard chase where he grabs – there's some – Biff and his friends are chasing after him in their car. Mm-hmm. 
there's some kids using skateboards with they're actually not skateboards they're like a board with wheels and like a kind of central like tower that you could maybe like steal steal it will look more like a scooter okay he runs over and he rips off the top to make a skateboard thus inventing the skateboard and the back to the in the past right and then he uses that as a skateboard to escape okay and they parallel that scene in back to the future 2 where he takes a kid's hoverboard and gets away on a car chase mm-hmm. and he does cool things like he'll slide the hoverboard or skateboard under another car and, then they and jump run over the... it yeah. there's a there's a scene in back to the future 2 where biff is trying to run him over uh he's 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 chasing biff uh he's on the hoverboard holding on to biff's car okay trying to get the future almanac that right. has all the results and he has to like use it to kind of like skateboard on the wall so he doesn't get crushed against the wall. And he does like a flip over the car, and then the Back to the Future theme song plays. And, <laughs> um, and then in Back to the Future three, this isn't as so much as a physical example as a intelligence example. He's in a duel with one with the past version of Biff. I forget it. Do you remember his name? No. He probably had some funny name. And they're gonna you know the like standard like Western town. 20 paces turn and shoot at them yep so uh he has the smart idea to uh pretty much invent body armor he wears the the front of an iron grill or furnace or something okay and the bullet uh bounces off doesn't hurt him all right so i'll give you that very resourceful resourceful with Thinks some on his physical feet. abilities good thinking on his feet. Be. did he did he i forget did he shoot he did not even fire his gun he actually took his gun off before the duel and threw it to the side I mean that's very humble, I, and I will I will give him that. That kind of completed his character arc. So there there's kind of a, I would say my ace in the hole for Marty McFly here. He's not a chicken. Nobody calls him a chicken. <laughs> they say that a lot in the movie. If you don't remember, I mean I could still call him a chicken, but nobody calls him a chicken. He would say that to you. He said he would say nobody calls me chicken, right? And then he would do something to prove that he's not chicken. But that's kind of his whole character arc because then. He realizes that he shouldn't always prove, try to not prove he's chicken because that's how he messes up his future. Right. And then he also learns that one of his past relatives died from trying to like prove that he wasn't a chicken. So he kind of rethinks. His... So he's he's really learning a lesson there. Yeah, but in general, nobody calls him chicken, and okay. he's not a chicken. Okay. So he wouldn't be afraid of you. I wonder what uh he would feel about Tommy Wiseau because Tommy Wiseau would just go up to him and be if like, he yeah. started cheap cheap cheap. You're yeah. the chicken. Cheap, 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 cheap. He would say nobody calls me chicken, and then he'd probably punch him. <laughs> Marty's not afla- afraid to throw a punch in Back to the Future. I mean, and, and which is not bad. And he could use that as his physical fighting skills against Charlton Heston's character if he'd like to. I think I would, yeah. I mean, if I can't use the DeLorean to get futuristic laser guns, I mean, I'm going to have to fight you with I my fists. I think you – which I guess you could. I guess it's just relative to when the futuristic guns would right, take place. Exactly. Right, exactly. But – but is he, would he be able to use them? Just because you have a gun doesn't mean you can use it, even if it's a futuristic, especially if it's a futuristic gun. Because you wouldn't know how it works. As long as you just pull the trigger. But is there like some kind of futuristic safety on it? Is there some kind of futuristic ammo? Is there, is there a fingerprint reader? Is I, there a finger, exactly. There's so many different things that can come into play with a futuristic weapon. Or worst case, I could throw it at you. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. I mean, it might confuse Charles and Heston. Like, if he looks at it, he might be like, "What is this?" Well, I would try to hit you in the head with it, which like, could work. Hurt, hurt now, head. he did get hit in the head in the uh, in the film. Oh, how do you take that? Uh, well, he was like knocked out, unconscious, and then he, he was unconscious. He comes to, and I believe he also gets like shot, like in the neck area, or s- some kind of damage happens to his neck. And for a while, he can't speak, which is how all the humans are in Planet of the Apes, and. 
eventually he's able to get his voice back and that like blows all the the apes minds that he can communicate verbally because no other human was able to do that do all the apes speak english they do yes that's interesting so like i was saying kind of wrapping up my thoughts when it comes to uh george taylor like he has the training military what, what training. specific training does he have he went to West Point, which is the Army College. So, I mean, if you're thinking Army, that's shooting, physical uh, training, boot camp, basic skills, um, survival skills too. I mean, when his plane or um, whatever you want to call it, spaceship crashed in Planet of the Apes, I mean, he was able to get out of it. He survived in the desert for a while until he was eventually captured by... The apes. Did he have any like unique strategies to survive? Like, did he build any like tools or things I, to help him? I don't believe so because he was in the middle of a desert, though. So his strategy was just like walk in the desert. Basically, he got a nice okay. tan. Okay, he got a really nice tan. <laughs> um, but he was able to like work with, not really work with the apes in a sense. Some did feel very remorseful for him and they wanted to help him, but um, but yeah, I mean. He he was an ace fighter pilot in World War II. Now, if anything were to happen, he was able to use his his uh, spaceship. He could fly that around. It's probably not going to happen. Well, I, like you said in one of the sequels, though, the apes were able to somehow fix it. Yeah, they used it. The too. apes were able to get get it from like the bottom of the lake, and the apes were able to pilot it, which makes no sense, even though they are like intellectual, and they were able to launch it, which makes no sense because there's like no launch pad. Maybe it was a vertical takeoff. Might have been. But, I mean, one argument I'm not going to – I was thinking of using. I'm not going to use it because it's very cliche for me to use. I could be like, oh, well, he has a nuke. I could just blow us both up. <laughs> yeah, you could kill both of them. I'm not going to do that, though. That's good. Even though he does have Even though access. he does use the nuke to destroy the planet. He does, except for three apes that are able to survive on that spaceship that you that you mentioned. But uh, yeah, he's that's that's the end of Charlton Heston. He he commits suicide, but he like he does he get shot. Genocide, then suicide. Yes, that is true. Sue genocide, simultaneous. Does genocide relate to different species? That would just be uh, extinction, I guess. Uh, no, I don't know. That's a great question. Does genocide only apply to humans? I think it could apply to any species. But genocide is going specifically after a group because of their like race, ethnicity, gender religion okay it's our uh, yeah i think there's some so yeah the the dictionary definition is deliberate killing of a large group of people especially those of a particular ethnic group or nation okay but you just happen to make your nation the whole world right and the, the people the are actually of, apes the, the nation of apes yeah still they, pretty messed up in my opinion it is i, I do agree <laughs> i'm not i'm not claiming he's a great guy i'm just trying to say that he would outlast against uh, marty mcfly here all right well i mean we'll see yeah we will have to see uh, what the fans decide. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to add for uh, Marty McFly? Any fun facts? Or... Uh, not really. I just wanted to bring up one other future invention that they envisioned having in the future. Do you remember the scene where they have the pizza and they put that little thing in the microwave and then it like makes it into a big pizza? Yeah. It looked I, – I mean, first of all, that pizza doesn't look very good. But Where is it? Yeah, we don't have anything like that. Is that something you would want? Like of all the things you saw in the future – I'd rather have what Star Trek has, which just, like, can bring you any food you want. That's true. It just, like, makes it, I think. I know, uh, like, in Harry Potter, one of the laws of, like, magic is that you can't just create food. 
like out of thin air. Like you mm-hmm. have to basically transport it from one place to another. So I don't know if that food why, rule would also you know, apply. Why does that – like of all the things that happen in Harry Potter, why does that have to be like a, a stipulation it, on magic? Well, it's explained. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's like all the other things they can do like – Time travel. Like yeah. They have time travel. They can literally time travel. Right. But they can't make food out yeah. of nothing. I don't know. I think it's because they – J.K. Rowling probably just didn't want to deal with like ethical concerns. I mean like why are wizards like holding out on us with their starvation in the world? They could just, they could just create food out of nowhere. They could fix world hunger. And I think like, it's like matter. It, can only, it can't be created or destroyed. It just can only be converted. I'm pretty sure you could find examples of Harry Potter creating and destroying matter. I don't know though. I don't think they just make anything – like if anything just comes out of nowhere, it's coming from somewhere I think. Uh – I don't know. I have some issues with it, like, especially related to, like, conservation of energy and stuff, like how, like, yeah, the energy that a wand can seem seemingly create. Maybe it comes from something. Are they, like, draining their own life forces to do this stuff? I mean. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I feel like it's a weird, it's a weird distinction to draw. I agree. And that totally sidetracked me from what we were talking about. Fun facts about George Taylor or. Uh, oh, yeah. And I was McFly. talking about the food machine. The food machine, yeah. I feel like in general, Back to the Future's, like, vision of the future was, like pretty uh what's conservative like they were like oh it's the future they'll probably be flying cars they'll probably be like dehydrated pizza you can rehydrate they'll probably be hoverboards like that's that's you know not too far-fetched we failed on all of them right but we made like twitter we have that at least no one envisioned that in the internet wasn't around really back then not like today yeah um cell phones that's probably one of the biggest things that I mean, like, Star Trek kind of predicted uh, cell phones with, like, the communicator. But a lot of, uh, like, futuristic shows and movies, like, really didn't have any mass communication, something along those lines, where you can have everything in the palm of your hand. That's a good point, yeah. Right. Yeah, they missed out. But, hey, microwaveable pizza may be coming one day. (laughs) That is a thing. This is more like dehydrated Uh, pizza. Yeah, it expands. Yeah, which still... It's a crime. Microwaveable pizza is a crime. I, I agree. It's, it's like, why would you want that? Yeah, you don't want it. Uh, some facts here I have on George Taylor. Uh, so like I mentioned, he was played by Charlton Heston in the film. Uh, Marlon Brando was originally considered to play the role. And also John Wayne was also considered by the producers to play the role. But they decided that he was too closely associated with Westerns. And since this film like took place in the desert, uh, they would have people would have associated him too much with those roles rather than seeing him as the star of uh, the Planet of the Apes movie. Um, Charlton Heston also played a ape in the Tim Burton like 2001 version of Planet of the Apes, which is really really bad. So he had like a little cameo in that. He since passed away, and the the reboot Planet of the Apes that have come out in the past couple years, they don't have. Uh, this character in them because it's kind of like a prequel leading up to the planet of the apes basically um but in the first one the rise of the planet of the apes that came out in 2011 there's a shot of people watching the television and it's a spaceship launching and the astronauts mission are to go to mars and it's saying like oh this mission will take you know x amount of years or something so a lot of people believe that if they ever do make a fourth one or a fifth one or whatever that those characters that went to mars will eventually come back to earth and they will be the basis for the george taylor character um basically finding out that it is a planet of apes now and that the human race is basically uh basically gone 
So that's pretty much all I have for George Taylor. Uh, if you have not seen the original Planet of the Apes, uh, it's amazing. It's actually my favorite Planet of the Apes movie, including the new ones. It's just so good. Uh, but the new ones are the best ones after that. That's good advice for people. Yes. Check it out. Uh, speaking of possible sequels to Back to the Future, uh, the rights are owned by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. And they said it. no reboot or remake will be authorized during their lifetime. I'm glad. I, I, I No one should touch it. I think that's a great decision. I'm and, sure there's uh, some people that would like to just do a part four. Yep. With, uh, I mean, they're both still alive. I mean, Christopher Lloyd is still alive. Um, Christopher Lloyd has actually said he wanted to do a fourth where they go to ancient Rome. That'd be pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool. I know, uh, Christopher Lloyd was in Seth MacFarlane's, uh, Wild West movie, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Oh, uh, I never saw that. Yeah. They like open like a barn and he's in it with like a DeLorean <laughs> kind of playing an homage to the third one. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh. It's something I hope never happens. I would not be surprised if it does happen. I guess it depends what happens when Robert Zemeckis passes on. Like, who has the rights then? Is it to his estate? Do his kids get that rights? He probably can choose. I hope he picks his kids and then he basically tells his kids, like, if you make a fourth one, <laughs> then you lose all the money that you're you're getting yeah. left over. And I'll haunt you. And I'll haunt you forever. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So um, we hope everybody enjoyed this episode of the Who Would Win cast. Um, hopefully everybody got some good sleep losing an hour last night with doing a little time travel there. Um, but we hope you guys enjoy. Please remember that there will be a Twitter poll where you can vote online for who you think would win between Marty McFly and George Taylor. And um, let us know what you think. If you think we missed anything, if uh, there were any arguments that you would have included or any arguments that you thought that we included that was not accurate or would not have worked out, uh, let us know. We're curious. Anything you want to add, Chris, before we head out of here? No, that's perfect. All Sounds right. good. Cool. As always, please remember to subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Would Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been groggy all day after losing an hour of sleep to daylight saving. And as you struggle to remember how to change the clock on your f***ing microwave, you may have wondered, why is this happening? The modern daylight saving was introduced during the First World War as a fuel-saving measure by the Germans. That's right. You lost an hour of sleep this morning thanks to Kaiser Wilhelm. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.